I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Center Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shumanoff. As I was welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, boys. UC Vegas 86, a boatload of news. UC 298 going down this Saturday night from California. And obviously, we got to give a quick shout-out to uh, to a couple sponsors as well. And also a shout out to uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, world champions. I've said it at the start of every week, boys. Uh, Rogue Energy has been keeping me fueled up throughout this playoff run, uh, watching the boys bring it home back to back. Uh, and you can have some fun with Rogue Energy as well with Code Salah for checkout. You may not see your favorite NFL team win at all, uh, like I did, but uh, you'll still be able to have some fun. And then whenever, if you're if you're a 49ers fan. Uh, hopefully last Sunday night you enjoyed a little bit of elixir uh, after the loss with their Delta 8 products, uh, which are excellent to get you really high, and uh, you have a really fun time with code SOUNDOFF for 10% off uh, those. as well. Once again, Rogue Energy and Elixir, code SOUNDOFF for both of those. You know, Andrew, before we get kicked, before we get kicked off into the MMA news, i gotta, I got to ask, as a Kansas City native, how does it feel to be a champion once again? It was amazing, Josh. I, I told, I never doubted them, Josh. It wasn't you. You know, I'm going to call you out on the pod. Yeah, I, well, but, well, that's not fair either. Because I said, I said every year, I was consistent all year long. If we get a wide receiver, we'll be better. But if we make it into the dance, we have a chance. That's all I said. That's you you said, said that you had, you said they had a chance, but you weren't, you weren't as confident as I was, you know? That's, that is fair. I was not as confident. Now, I, I can't make the public statement that at the start of the year, by the way, Josh, I, I have to get a little love here and some credit. At the start of the year, I did predict, and this is before, you know, whatever happened, happened. I did predict the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. And at the time, we weren't looking very good and all that, so there's a lot of factors. Regardless, I am not, I'm not disappointed by any means, because, you know, look, look at where we ended up, you know? Exactly, exactly, dude. We got the parade going on today. I mean, and Angel, he's, he's telling the truth here, guys. He put his money where his mouth was. You know, he put, he put some money down on the Niners. Start of the year. So, you know, he, he, you know, nearly worked out, but, uh, I guess it worked out in the end for you no matter what, so. Right? Uh, yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah dude. I, I was to Sean Watson, dude. I got a happy ending no matter what. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, man, uh, he said that, not me. Uh, <laughs> it's at Angel Ortega and Squirrel One if you guys want to get what? shit on. <laughs> wow, you just had to drop my, t- I mean, to get dropped no matter what. But. Yeah, I mean, it's in the comment, it's in the description. Uh, of every every uh, clip, so yeah, it's okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, we did have you know I'm sure I'm sure you know non Kansas City natives don't really give a shit, but uh, shout out Chiefs man, shout out shout out bringing the damn thing home. Uh, but look man, there was uh, there was other sports going on. Uh, Saturday night, the UFC held uh, another card in the Apex. Um, it was a uh, you know like I said going into this one, this card was actually pretty solid in the main events. Jack Hermanson upsets Joe Pfeiffer. You and Nathan, this is 48-47 across the board. You know, you and I talked about We both picked Joe Pfeiffer. But you and I were both pretty, also pretty in awe about how lopsided the odds were for this fight. In the end, Jack Hermanson pulling off the upset, man. Um, I, I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised. What did you make of his, his win on Saturday? Dude, that was a veteran. I mean, like I told you in private, I was like, that was a veteran win. I mean, if, if, if you talk about 
an older and then and Jagger Method isn't necessarily old by any means. I mean he's what, just just barely thirty five, thirty four, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. He he won that fight. How you showed up, you know there was there was you know the the young the youngling came strong at the start, but then there was you know as as the fight progressed, you saw Jacker Manson was able to reestablish himself in the fight, take control, and uh, reassert himself into the fight. The uh, and look, you still got to give credit to Joe Piper, who's a live dog during this fight. Still, he definitely didn't just mm-hmm. get. He definitely wasn't just round one, and then he got Molly up the rest of the round. I mean, he could have came back. I actually had a lot of faith in him at that started that round five. I'm like, man, this could potentially be a little close here at the end. And uh, he he did come out. He kind of looked good, but Ginger Mas- Jack Romantic got that takedown, and it was uh, I mean, it was kind of a, a done deal from there. Um, I you know I can't I can't even lie. I kind of found myself rooting for Joe a little bit there. I kind of wanted him to have that little underdog moment and come back in the fifth and and establish himself. But look. This is how this sport is, man, and you, and you have to grow and get better. And uh, he just got pushed, I think, slightly too quick. But I don't think he's that far from fighting at the rank level, though. Mm-hmm. So I think Joe Piper's still a good guy and has still a bright future. Uh, but uh, this is what this is what could potentially happen when you push a, a young up guy this quick. He could uh, fall a little bit short. And, and, and look, going to distance to get Jackson Manson and losing a decision to him in a fight where you didn't look that bad isn't isn't the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And also, dude, like, if this fight is three rounds instead of five, there's a very good possibility that Joe Pfeiffer pulls out the win, dude. I mean, he looked like he kind of blew his load a little bit early. He's never really, not even never really, he's never competed in a five-round fight. Um, and that's kind of what showed the difference. I mean, like you said, there's a veteran performance with Jack Hermanson. He stayed composed in the later rounds of the contest. And in that fifth round, I mean, just taking the fight down to the mat. I mean, just excellent, excellent. You love to see it. Uh, admittedly, I would have... Kind of like you. I mean, I'm not a huge Joe Piper fan, but just for fresh blood at 185, I was kind of rooting for him to get the win. Um, at the end of the day, though, super impressive. Super impressive by uh, Jack Hermanson. And Joe Piper will be back, dude. I know, I know that, like, I joked with you in the green room, like, oh, man, what a fraud check moment. But, look, I mean, I think Joe Piper proved that he's a top 15 guy. I just think that this was a step too much for him at this point in his career. He's never competed five rounds. He never even fought a guy really with a live pulse. I mean, Abdul Hazak al Hassan was his best opponent, and you know, even then he had lost like four or five, nearly 40 years old. So, um, yeah, man, definitely this is by far the biggest test of his career. And he came up short, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Um, that being said, you know, this was a very entertaining card on Saturday night. Uh, in the co-main event, dude, Dan Ige. 50K, which a uh, very, very uh, poignant name, man. Ends up getting the knockout winner, Andre Feely, inside of a round. Um, super impressive. Landed landed only the one follow-up shot. It was pretty badass. Uh, what you make of uh, 50K, Danny, getting back on the board to the win? I'm proud of this call, man. I- I'm very happy about it. He just yeah. he was he was just ready the whole time. It seemed like he was just looking for it, timed it, and he, he hit it, and that's all he needed, man. Uh, put Andre Feely's lights out hard. Rough one for Andre Feely. I think I think we could both say we both enjoy Andre Feely and his fight style a lot, so it's a bit rough. And uh, I like the guy. Uh, I've always enjoyed him ever ever since I've, I've kind of started watching the sport. Um, so they, they definitely kind of did, did hurt a little bit, but at the same time, uh, good for Danny Ige and kind of you know continuing to stay, you know hold his position in this in this weight class. He just won't let it. You know he won't give it up. Mm-hmm. He won't, dude. I mean, he's a guy that I really thought, man. I really thought this was a good matchup. For Andre Feely, but dude, I mean, Dan Ige just came out swinging for the fences and he never let up. Um, 
Super impressive win, and that's three of four, man. For a guy that at one point, you know, whenever he stepped up to the top level, and I want to say like 2021, 2022, he suffered a lot of losses, dude. He did suffer a lot of losses, but he's really brought it back. One, three of four, and I believe that one loss in there, I want to say um, it was to Bryce Mitchell, and if I remember correctly, that fight was super competitive. So, you know, we're we're not too far from reality where Dan, that 50K Ige, he's won four in a row, and he's right back in the mix. And I think he's right back in the mix of this one, man. Very impressive win. Like I said, Fran, like you mentioned, Franjo Feely. Sucks to see him go out like that, but still, at the end of the day, very impressive win for Dan Ige. Um, in regards to the rest of this uh, card, you know, a lot of familiar faces on this one, man. Uh, what fight do you most want to talk about? Man, Gregory Rodriguez versus Brad Tavares, dude. What a performance out of Gregory Rodriguez. He looks so fucking good in this fight. I think this is the best he's ever looked, and he did it against Brad Tavares. Mm-hmm. I agree, dude. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, Brad Tavares, too, he's a guy that, like, this is only, I want to say, I mean, at least in recent times. Yeah, second knockout loss in the last nine years. Edmund Shabazian and now Gregory Rodriguez. Now, granted, not a great, you know, uh, oh, shit, I forgot Bruno Silva in there. My bad. Not exactly a great company, but still, man, uh, to crack Brad Tavares' chin like that is not an easy feat. Uh, so a massive, massive win for RoboCop, dude. You'd love to see it. And you'd love to see, like I said earlier, man, fresh blood in this weight class. Uh, I like middleweight a lot, but a lot of these guys, like Brad Tavares has been around forever. You know, Jack Hermans has been around for a long time. So um, it was rooting for some of the younger guys to kind of break through. And, you know, and another guy, another guy in middleweight, Rodolfo Vieira, young in terms of fight miles, picked up a win on Saturday as well, man. So you'd love to see it. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, I like Brad Tavares. Sucks to see him go out like that. Let's talk about Michael Johnson, though, man. The menace is 37 years old and still doing the damn thing. Picks up a unanimous decision win over <laughs> Darius Flowers on the main card. What would you make about his performance? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. He fought the way you would you would need to fight to at his point in his career to win. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just going to be honest, you know? Yeah. So, so, but credit to him, you know, that once again, dude, we're talking about vet-like performances. That's what you got to do in the later stages of your career, right, to get these victories and stick around. Look, the record's 23 and 19, not the prettiest, but mm-hmm. he has some good names under that resume, man. He does, and that's the thing you mentioned. Like, he's not only, like, the fight style's changed, but it took a long time for the fight style to change for MJ, dude. He was still, you know, swinging and banging for a long time in his career, um, it's really only been his last, I'd say, six fights or so that he's really kind of put it together, and he's kind of, you know... Which is weird, because he started off as a wrestler. It, well, that's honestly pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, I think in his, in his, you know, in high school and college, I don't know if it was in college, but I, uh, I know that definitely young, when he was younger, foundationally, his first thing was wrestling, and he moved in the strike and became his, his thing mm-hmm. as time went on. And now he's older, it's, he's gone back to where he kind of started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having, you know, old habits die hard, man. He brought and in a guy like Darius Flowers, too. You know, not exactly the highest level guy, but, man, he, he you know, I don't want to say he dominated that fight, but it was, a, it was a very clean win for him. MJ does not have a lot of clean wins these days, man. He typically has to go through hell in order to pick up the win. But, uh, yeah, man, love to see it, man. I really I like seeing guys pull it back together, old vets. Um, it's a big win by him. Um, in terms of the undercard, man, we can run through some of these. I mean, Trevin Giles getting knocked up by Carlos Brades. Big win uh, for him. Loma Lookinby picking up another win. Marching Prackno defeating Devin Clark. I mean, uh, big Devin Clark fans here, so I uh, kind of hate to see that one. The Brown Bear yeah. has now lost two in a row. 
Um, <clears throat> Max Griffin picked up a win. You know, Zach Powell got knocked out by uh, Anthony Smith's lookalike. That was uh, rough, by the way. That was that was a, that was a scary knockout. It was. It was a it was a rough one, dude. And then afterwards, he called out Anthony Smith. Yo, it's so. funny because they took out they took pictures like after his fight too. Yeah, well, they're they're probably friendly guys, you know. That's just yeah, that's yeah. Just the way the, the business is. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, what do you what do you make of uh of this entire card, man? Look, it opened up terribly, right? They they obviously had an O contest early on. We have undefeated a uh, uh, up and I guess prospect or up and comer. Uh, Daniel Marcus on the other card didn't get to showcase himself, which kind of sucks, right? Uh, he has two fights in the UFC, both both good, two and zero. I'd say Samuel Oliver is all right. Davy Grant, uh, you know, not not a bad fighter by any means, but is 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 a tough guy. You know, I'll give him credit. Uh, you know, fought some good guys: Sun Sal, Smoka, Yanez, Vera. I mean, definitely fought some good names in 35 division. Uh, but but Josh, for me, the highlight person of this card. I mean, I, I and obviously you gotta get a look. Give credit to Jack Romance and Danny Ige in the main and co-main event. But, dude, Hyder Emil, the second fight of the night. Holy fuck, this kid looks so good. I call him a kid. He's 33 years old. He's fighting at featherweight. <laughs> Not uh, coming out of the, the El Nino Training Center, having a good old, uh, what's his name? Why am I blinking on his name now in his corner? He, he was his name is literally El Nino, too. Why, uh, I, Melendez, Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez. I, I, you know I kept, th- I kept seeing his face, like the curly hair in his face, and I just kept <laughs> put, put a name to it. Uh, he had him in his corner, and fuck, dude, he looked good. I mean, like I will say, my my only, the only thing that hurt to me is he looks very good, but he's thirty three at featherweight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there's not. That's I, I hate to say it. Like sometimes I'll call out, I'll be like, uh, I'll say this with all guys. I feel like there's not a lot of time. And there's and I, and I can be honest, thirty three is not a lot of time in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it's his first fight in the UFC. He came in through the Contender Series and he's made his official debut this month. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. And and like you mentioned, like honestly, it's not really the fact that he is thirty three. It's the issue that he's because you know he's only nine fights deep. The issue is that he's thirty three at featherweight. Like, a guy like Rodolfo Vieira, I think Rodolfo Vieira is actually, you know, 33 himself. But up a middleweight, I mean, that's a huge difference. I mean, we'll talk about this, not to, not to skip ahead to 298, which we'll preview in like a minute or two. The 35 stat, Angel. The 35 stat. After 35, you tend to drop off a cliff in terms of the top level of sport. A little bit different in this case because, you know, he's still just starting out and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, man, I'll give him props. It was a big knockout win on Saturday. Uh, he's still a very entertaining guy, and with those fight miles, which he doesn't really have any of them, you know, it's not out of out of question that uh, he could go on a run, dude. You you never know, right? You never know who's going to be that next guy, who's going to be that talent, who's going to be the stat breaker, right? Because obviously, you know, all that's meant to be broken, man. You know, there's always gonna, there's always going to be the guys who are the anom- anomalies, the variations, the variables who who break through, right? And who knows? That could be him, right? You never know. He could be. 37 and win the title, you know? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but he, he could be that guy who finally does it, you know? Mm. Yeah, and we'll see. And we'll actually, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, man. I mean, it, it, a promising guy, though. Promising guy, man. Um, that's all my that's all my thoughts on this on this, uh, on this this card, man. Any closing thoughts or before we go ahead and move on? Uh, no, man. I mean, it was an Apex card. I know I know you, you gave me your thoughts in, in private about it. Uh... I don't know, man. I, I I don't know what to say about the Apex. I mean, I don't have the biggest deal with it, but I kind of 
you know, since our topic list isn't the longest right now, I kind of want to take a second here. Josh, what do you think could make the Apex better? I know you're just, I know the best answer is just have shows outside of the Apex. And I feel like that's the easy answer, right? Because then mm-hmm. you build cards out to be better. So that way they attract a, uh, you know, you can yeah. attract a live audience, right? But do you think yeah. there's anything we could do within the Apex to make it better? I, I have like one or two thoughts, maybe two suggestions, but I don't know if maybe you have something in, in your head off top. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to say you need to hold fights outside of the Apex because you can have events inside the Apex. That's not the issue. That's not the issue whatsoever. It's that you have these cards that, like, Apex cards, you just you just know you don't have to watch. They're, like, they're often, like, their own little world. It's like they're not even canon. You know what I mean? Like, if you did not watch any UFC Apex event, if you just skipped every single one and you only watched Fight Nights with Crowds and you watched pay-per-view events, what really are you going to miss? Like, I mean, that genuinely. Like, how many ranked fighters were on last Saturday's card? Dan Ige, Jack Hermanson. That's it. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? And whenever you have one or two ranked fighters a card, you just know that card's going to be worthless. So really, it's... I don't know what the answer is to fix it, because part of the issue, too, is that the UC their entire strategy now in terms of, uh, you know, getting talent is they'll just have bring guys on the contender series. They'll sign almost everybody who fights on there because they know they can pay those guys, you know, 10,000 to fight. And they'll fight because they need the money. And they'll fight because they need the money. And then they can cut them after they go two and two or one and three or however it may be. It doesn't matter how good they are. They're just the fit. They're there to fill these cards, you know, two out of two of four, two of four events every month. That's solely those guys' purpose, and we're just stuck in this this cycle of that. Um, I don't really know what the answer is because it's, it's a bit of a, you know, it's somewhere in the middle. Like, I think bringing fans in would do a big deal because it, it's just hard for it to matter. It just, it just feels like it doesn't matter, and it's hard to get people intrigued because it's like, oh, yeah, here's this guy who's 10 and 6 fighting a guy who's, you know, 11 and 4. At 145, both unranked. They both came off the contender series in 2023. There's zero stakes. Neither one of these guys are going to be here in two years. You know what I mean? Like it, it's so the first hard. Guy, the first guy from Mozambique fighting a Japanese fighter. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dude, that's literally it. That's literally fucking it, dude. It's like, yeah, here's fucking uh, Dan, Dan, you know, Dan Hardy. Not Dan Hardy. Fucking, I was about to just make up with generic name. Uh, but here's here's Dan James, right? From from Mississippi, he's ten and six. He, he started rest. He started training at, at age twenty six. He's thirty two now. <laughs> taking on uh, <laughs> Rusky Filipovov, you know, out of fucking Dagestan. He's fourteen and like that's fourteen the, and zero. <laughs> fourteen and zero. You know, and it's like God. I, well, I wonder who's going to win this intriguing matchup. Like <laughs> ACA champion Greco Roman gold yeah. medal. <laughs> Did not come through the contender series. <laughs> never been knocked out. Never seen the never seen the third round. The and end. there's like three of those fights on every Apex card. <laughs> no, but look, I I have some ideas, and 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 you can give your thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah. For one, I mean, look, one thing at this point that I've thought about is like, why doesn't the UFC just make their own arena at this point, or make the Apex bigger to have more fans, even if it isn't a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, even if it isn't like the size of like you know the T-Mobile Center or whatever, you know we're you know whatever, right? Some smaller arena, yeah. but just just be able to house more viewers, right? Uh, and still get more people and make a, have a bigger crowd, you know, because you know people are gonna come to Vegas and watch, you know yeah. they are, 
they're in Vegas. They're going to come and watch without a doubt. You know, uh, yeah, I think that's one. I think that could definitely help. Two, kind of uh, another thing is using these shows to develop stars within them. You know what I mean? Because you could, you could, you can develop. Uh, and obviously, this would take time and assets, right? But hey, it's not like the UFC can't do it. Is you know building pieces around some of the guys in the main and co-main event who are smaller, or maybe even some people in the undercard who have some potential in them, and and making these these videos and and, and promo packages, which we know for a fact they can do, uh, and they're not doing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think that'd be another thing, definitely. But really, you really use these uh, fight nights in the apex to develop a stars and young talent and get these guys on camera and, and let their personality show you know uh i feel like that would be something that that could definitely be done within the apex like the apex does have a place the apex can exist and be a good thing but they're just not using it and and making it great i feel like they're making the apex just uh i get just kind of a placeholder for since they have to you know they since they have their contract with espn and they had you know they have to have so many events throughout the year and uh you know, they're, they're just kind of forcing out content where they could really develop young talent and it's not being developed in the way it could potentially be. Instead, you're having these like guys, like you said, don't maybe have the best records or kind of mismatches, right? That aren't the best. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think if, if anything can be done, I think it'd be those, I think those two things would be like my number one thing that they should do and they can do. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and something that we talked about briefly in the green room um, is is how last week we saw at the UC Apex they had Power Slap, and I think Power Slap is is embarrassing. The, the greatest you know? sport in the world, Josh. Oh yeah, you're right. It's just uh, it's I don't even know if you can call it a sport. <laughs> Fucking, but it's not a sport. What am I saying? Uh, but I mean, jokes aside, dude, the, they paid. Tom Brady, and they paid Travis Scott, and they paid all these celebrities to come out there. And this was held in the same arena as the UFC Apex, and they had a whole crowd, and they had all these influencers there. And then one day later, they held the UFC show, and Dana White himself didn't even show up to the fucking thing. Like, it just shows you where their priorities are. Like, and if Dana White and the UFC don't give a shit about these Apex shows, or half of the events going on, why should I? Like, it, it, like it just, it's just depressing to me, because, like, it's it's MMA is the greatest sport on the planet. I I firmly still believe that. But the reality is that the UFC doesn't even give a shit about the UFC half the time. So it's like, what are we doing here, dude? And they like the Apex. They, the thing that here's the thing that blew my fucking mind. They closed off the Apex. They closed off the Apex the day after they had that fucking power slap event for for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. They had they could have had that event open to the public. They could have put in extra seats instead. What did they do? They did the opposite. They closed it off to the fucking public. They closed it off the media because they thought, oh, um, well, maybe Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk will show up. And then they didn't fucking show up. And so then you just had an empty arena with nobody in there, no excitement, and everybody, they know not to tune in because it's an Apex card to begin with. And even this is a good Apex card. For Apex standards, this was good. But I don't know, man. It's just like, it's just depressing to me. That's the way I feel about it. But, um. And it doesn't need to be that way. Like I, I agree with you. I think that there is a very there is a place for the UC Apex. Like in in like in the sport. Like I'll 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 use a WWE comparison. WWE has their performance center, but you know what they do? They hold events with lar- with a decent crowd in there. Like that's really all it takes. And they try to actually book shows versus just 
having well, a shoot. Do like, NXT, right? You that do is NXT. correct. Correct. So um, it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be this way. Like, and I'm, you know, I I went ahead and made a uh, a video, and we had a clip that that did pretty well where we kind of talked about that. And uh, yeah, it's just depressing. That's my thoughts on it. It doesn't need to be that way, and we can do a lot better. And I don't know why, you know, fans are like accepted. Like, dude, like it's crazy. Like the UFC were the ones to fight to get back after COVID, and here we are. Four years later, it's going to be four years in a month that everything shut down, and we're still holding events to the UC Apex. It's just... Well, they realized how much money they could save, too. I mean, I think that's another big thing. Well, yeah, that's the big thing. Coming out of the pandemic, the UC realized that they can save money not only on, you know, events, holding events to the Apex, but on fighter pay, too. I mean, they're, they weren't paying fighters much, but they were paying about 20% or so of their revenue to fighters. Now it's down to, I think, 12 and a half. Like they they cut it nearly in half because they they have these new con- contender series guys coming through paying them ten and ten cutting anybody who you know who uh you know whether it was any sort of fan interest and in, and in if like on this fighter if you are a well known name you got cut because you demanded more than ten and ten and now they have a roster and that's why they struggle for UC three hundred and all these events that we talk about there's just not as much there so. I mean- uh, yeah. Just to give just to give you an idea, Josh. I mean, obviously it's early on in the year. We haven't been through many events, but all the then obviously not pay per view ones have been at the Apex. We have UC Mexico coming up, and for like uh, not this week, but next week. I want to go over that. I'm not. I'm going to skip over that one over yeah. the. And I know we're we're talking about you know non Apex shows being good, or we need more shows outside of the Apex. And granted, this one's outside of the country, so that's kind of why I want to skip it. Uh, yeah. But we won't have an event not in the Apex that is not a pay per view. Until March 30th. That will be in Atlantic City, New Jersey. At this moment in time, uh, apparently, I don't know, I don't know. It says right now the co mates Aaron Blanchfield, Manny Faroche, and they got a picture of Sean Brady and Sente Luca right now. But just to give you an idea, that, that'll have them. Andre Petrowski, Shane Jaquani, Bruno Silva, Chris Weidman. That has Chris Weidman, mm-hmm. that's already a big name. You know, just, uh, you know, just kind of, just you already see like a little bit of quality going up a little bit there. You know what I mean? Carlos Olberg, mm-hmm. Alonzo Menafield. Uh, like that just shows like the effort that can be put in, the quality of fighters that can go into an event that's not in the apex. You mm-hmm. know. And after that, Josh, I'm lo- I'm still looking ahead. Uh, the next one, we don't know where it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they don't have they have two other events here listed for May and April that I don't have a location for yet, and then the next one that I know for a fact won't be in the Apex is it'll be June twenty second in Saudi Arabia. Yep. Yep, and it's like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> like, how is this something that like people are cool with? Like, it, I, I just don't get it. Like I, it's it's not a wonder to me. Like whenever you, because I'll 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 you know I'll I'll be honest. Like I'll I'll give a little bit of my side as like a media guy. The the UFC, whatever big push they had coming out of COVID, where like they had, they were breaking all sorts of records in terms of being watched, and, and even on my end, like stuff was just like it was going great, man. Everybody was watching, everybody was reading, everybody was. Because, like, there was never more buzz because you had all these great fight cards. They are going to places they'd never been before. You know what I mean? It's all gone. 
like I'll tell you this from my side as content as a content creator, it doesn't really have to. You, you can just look around. It's not just me. It's the entire space, and, and maybe it's just sports media in general that's all dying, or it's just MMA. Um, it, way less people pay attention to the sport anymore. There's way less talk. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have, you know, half of these events that don't fucking matter. Like, and it's hard, and I, I, you know, I put up a video, and it was maybe a little bit harsh. It was like, is the UC Apex killing MMA? It, it, like, it's not going to kill MMA, obviously, but, like, it slowed the growth of it 100%. I think less and less people tune into the sport because of it, and you can tell that by, you, that's not even my opinion. You can tell by the ratings, you know what I mean, and other other ways to measure it. Like, when there's one fight card a month for people to care about, it's just not as big of a deal. And I understand some people who are, like, newer to the sport, they're like, oh, it's a fight night. What do you want? But it's like six years ago, man, fight night events before the pandemic, like they had a fight night event damn near weekly already, but with a, in front of a crowd and generally had entertaining fighters that people knew. Like, but they cut all those guys. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and they've cut a bunch of people and they don't really care about signing high profile free agents anymore. Like you'll get the occasional one, you know, MVP Kayla Harrison. But outside of that, I mean, that's just, it's very rare anymore, but yeah, I mean, we'll move on. We'll move on from this. I think it's about time to break into. I mean, Josh, just but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to do a little throwback here before we move on. I yeah, mean, go ahead. Like, just to give an idea, people, back in 2015, when the UFC first came to Kansas City, and granted, the UFC didn't fucking use Demetrius Johnson to the best of their advantage, right, and didn't try to build him up as much, and didn't want to pay him what he wanted to be paid. This card had Demetrius Johnson, Rose Namajunas, Michelle Waterson, Robert Whitaker. Jacare Souza, Hanada Moicano, Jeremy Stevens, Roy Nelson, Vol- uh, Alexander Volkov, Bobby Green, Tim Malian, Aljamain Sterling, that granted is before Aljamain hit the, the point where he's at now, Anthony Smith. And, and there's, and there's many more on here that people will know. I'm not going to mention them all, but I, I just named the big ones. Mm-hmm. That was a card in yeah. Kansas City back in 2017. Yep. Yeah, but now, granted, that one's a little bit different. That was a big Fox card, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, like, there, there's it, always... It was UFC on Fox, yeah, you're right. There's always been levels to this shit, and people are correct about that. But, like, here, like, dude, like, it, it is happening way more often now that, like, you just have these ass cards, dude. Like, I'm just going to pick out a random card, because I'm on the fucking thing, uh, on the, the Hermans versus Piper, you know, page. UFC random fight night. I'm just going to click, uh, what's, what's Luke Rockhold versus David Branch? This is 2017. Luke Rockhold versus David Branch, Mike Perry versus Alex Reyes, Anthony Smith, Hector Lombard, Gregor Gillespie, Jason Gonzalez, Kamaru Usman, Sergio Morales, uh, Olivia Obolmo, CA, Anthony Rocco, Martin, Uriah Hall, Christoph Jocko, Gilbert Burns is on this one. Like, that's just a random card from 2017. That was a fight night card. You know what I mean? And, like, you can argue, like, yeah, obviously all those guys didn't go on to be something. But, like, a lot of those guys are still at the top now. And what, why? It's either like they're bringing in talent that just isn't as good, which is why those guys are at the top, or like guys, fighters are taking way more long, like way longer to evolve now. It's probably the fact that UC just isn't bringing in as good of talent anymore. Because they're just signing every single person available off the contender series. Doesn't matter how good or bad you are. If you win, you'll get a deal. Like, it's just fucking depressing, man. Like, this sport is so good, but like, you know, ro- fucking. Half the fucking card for last week's Apex card doesn't even have a fucking Wikipedia page. <laughs> which I know, which I know, it's a funny joke and all. Like, it's the Josh metric and all. 
Yeah, so like, but yeah, I know, I know. I just like if, if half the card isn't relevant enough to have a Wikipedia page, that's that's bad, man. Like that's bad. That's some PFL shit. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like it's just embarrassing. So I, I it's not going to change until like they have a reason to change it. Um, which I don't think they will for a while. And it's clear that Dana, like Dana White, right now is to to make a comparison. He's in the Tony Ferguson stage of his promotional career. Jesus Christ. Am I wrong? I know, but just just saying that. Be, it's brutal. It's brutal. I'm, but I'm being brutal. But I'm not wrong, though. You can't tell me I'm wrong, bro. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you are, yeah. you know? <laughs> don't I mean, he puts – I mean, didn't – I mean, don't, don't you remember, like, whenever he was promoting uh, – what was it? Makachev, Volkanovski 2 during fight week, he couldn't remember Islam Makachev's name? Do you remember that? Like <laughs> – he doesn't give a shit anymore. He's almost a billionaire, and he's moved on to Power Slap because that. I mean, I don't know, man. It's depressing. It's depressing as fuck. But I'm just waiting for somebody to save us, dude. Like, does any billionaire want to fucking start their own league for MMA? Like, <laughs> what's Mark Zuckerberg doing, bro? Like, start your own league, dude. You know, we need, Pull, we need a what? Do we need a fucking uh, what's his name? Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, what's what's Bezos doing, man? <laughs> I mean, Mark actually gives a, actually interested in fighting, so I'm sure if he actually, like, you know, found someone or someone to partner with, I'm sure he could probably develop a good product. Probably. I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy made fucking Facebook, dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> in, in the college yeah. dorm. I'm sure, I'm sure this guy could probably do a decent job. For, for as much as, as much shit as his duck gets, right? Like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah, dude, uh, I, I don't know what to say about it, man. I don't know what to say. I mean, I think we should move on because I think I've complained about it enough. Uh, enough. It's just like, man, this sport is so good and there's Gosh, so much potential. You, I loved your weekly bitch session, dude. Like, I need it. It makes me. <laughs> it makes me complete, dude. Like, what do you mean? I hey, well, I'm 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 happy to help in that case. I'm happy to help. But, Gosh, uh, like, I'm, I'm available all week. You know, like <laughs> I'm here. I'm here all week. All week. But uh, yeah, man, we should move on because for all that stuff I just said, the UC pay per view model. Is excellent. Typically, they have some banger cards. And look, 297 on paper, you know, outside of the main event, was uh, rough. 298 is not. Uh, dude, absolutely stacked. You see 298 going down from the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. In the main event, I've said this for a while, this fight on paper is one of the best that the UC could possibly make. In my, in my opinion, might be the greatest fight that is currently booked on the UFC schedule. Maybe even boxing, if you include that one as well. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. What do you mean, Josh? The greatest fighter on the planet is fighting here in a month. So. Oh, you're right. Francis Ngannou. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Come on, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Josh, I know Fader isn't scheduled, but... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, bro. Uh, we got... <laughs> Uh, in the main event, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who has, uh, you know, we know the deal, unbeaten at featherweight. He suffered two losses up at lightweight to, to Makachev, uh, but the first one was obviously super, super competitive, nearly handed him a loss. But he's still virtually unchallenged at featherweight. I mean, Max Holloway is the only one to basically do anything against this fucking guy. Max Holloway, obviously, in that rematch, put up a great performance. Even then, in the trilogy, he got annihilated. But now he's back, down at featherweight for the first time in nearly a year, taking on the undefeated Ilya Tapore, El Matador, 14-0, and 
handed Josh Emmett one of the worst beatings in uh, UFC history last June. That was good enough to get him a title shot. What do you make of this fight, man? Uh, it's an excellent one on paper. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Josh. I think you just laid it out perfectly. Um, wow, these guys finally crossed paths. Uh, I wasn't quite sure when it was going to happen, if it was ever going to happen. Um, just depending on how Volk's career went, depending if he did beat Islam or if he decided to stick up at 155. I mean, there was a lot of other factors that could have potentially prevented this fight from happening. Uh, we ended up still getting it. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, some people might feel a certain type of way because, you know, obviously Volk is coming off a, uh, you know, what is it, a head kick, a head kick knockout loss to, to Islam not that long ago. Um, obviously Elia coming in pretty good, pretty healthy, pretty fresh. Um, but hey man, Volk took the fight and, and he, he said in his post fight that he was going to take, he was going to fight no matter what against Elia, no matter the result of his, of his previous fight. And, uh, well, it's, he hasn't arrived there yet, but it seems like he's going to make it to the dance, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. there you go. Look, I mean, as far as, far as the fight, I mean, what, what can we say about Wilkonowski, right? I mean, he's answered pretty much all, everything, right? Yeah, I don't think we can question his heart. We can't question his toughness. We can't question his, uh, his discipline. I know, I know there's been some talks about that because of the stuff he, he kind of said, uh, post Islam fight. But look, he took that fight on short notice. He wasn't ready for it and, and he's a warrior and he decided to take, you know, to come out and compete, you know, respect to him. But, uh, I, even, you know, looking past that, I think he's a very disciplined, very intelligent, very very self aware, uh, and on top of that, a, a great athlete. You know, there's there's no question about that. Uh, a professional. You know, I know I'm glazing hard right now, but but you, I got to. You know, this we are witnessing greatness. You know, whether whether or not, I don't think we're gonna real. Uh, I think it took me quite a while, Josh, to 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 admit how great Volkanovski is. You know, mm. I, I'll, I'll I'll publicly say it. You know, for a while there, I just. Even after the Max Holloway wins, man, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It took him a little while to come around, but now we're here, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I guess I'm late to the party. I might be super late, you know, depending on the results of, of this weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. But look, as, yeah. as far as as far as a fighter with a great IQ, great in fight adjustments, good game plan, I mean, Volk's probably one of the best guys you're gonna get in the UFC, if not the best. Arguably mm-hmm. pound for pound, uh, if it's not the pound for pound. For me, a uh, big thing for me in this fight is going to be like, is is did you know Ilya in in comparison to the Vulcan Granite, right? Ilya's still young; it's just getting to this point. He hasn't really, and look, you can say this for any young guy he's put in this situation, hasn't proven anything yet. You know, he did beat Josh Emmett. We see the talent. We know what we know what it could be. We know what it could turn into. Can he do it on Saturday night? I think he could. Uh, the only issue is he's facing Alexander Volkanovsky. Fuck the stats, Josh. I think Volkanovsky gets it done. <laughs> I think he's going to come in here and he's going to show us why he's a generational talent, and uh, and put on and put on a great performance and, and beat a guy from. He's already beat guys from the previous generation. You know the the Chad Mendes, the the Jose Aldo's. You can throw Max in there too, right? But I think I think Max kind of is in the middle of a generation. You know, I feel like he kind of floated in between where he he was young and got to fight those those older vets and legends and also got to fight. This this new gen that came afterwards, or maybe people closer to his age, and then also fought some of the new gen fighters too. Volk has a, uh, you know, gone through a little bit of everything, right? He fought the Mendezes, fought the Aldos, fought the Yairs, fought the Max, and now he's going to fight this next generation that I've seen in the Ilya Tapura. And if he's able to do that, Josh, I mean, 
that's great is that it's finest at 145. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, the stat is that uh, it's actually interesting. So I've talked about this, talked about this before. Uh, the stat is only once has a fighter at 185, like below 185 in a title fight that is 35 years old won. Now, granted, technically it happened one. It's happened twice. Tyron Woodley did them both. He beat Damian Maya and he beat Darren Till. They were the same age, though. Yeah, but Damian Maya same age, so that one didn't count. They're both about thirty-five. But Darren Till, it's the only time. It's only happened once. If you count women, it's only happened twice. Nunez beat Irene Aldana. She had turned thirty-five that year. Fuck the stats. I'm on your side with this one. Uh, I like Ilya Taporia a lot. I like him a lot, man. I, and he's he might win this fight. And I think there's going to be times here where Taporia has Volk backing up. He's landed some bombs, and Volk's going to have to survive. Um, Taporia very well-rounded. A lot of people don't know this. He's, he had a background in grappling, I believe, before he even got into striking. Um, he has He's had his black belt on the mat for years now. Um, but he's just – he's improved rapidly. That so many people – I don't even think a lot of people know that was originally his base. Like, he's just so great on the feet. He's a great boxer. Uh, packs a lot of power. I don't know, man. I just I got a good feeling that Volkanov's going to pull out the win. I think he's going to have a great game plan. I think he knows how must win this one is, and I think he's going to get the job done, man. A nice comp, I think, the for as far as Tapuri is. I'm going to compare him to, to a fight that Volkanov's already had, Chad Mendez. People remember that fight. Uh, Volkanovski, man, he you know he struggled a bit early. He took some bombs, but he wound up breaking him down and getting the knockout win. I think a similar case could happen here. Tapuri's only had one five round fight. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I think Volkanovs is going to go ahead and get the nod, man. Um, but that being said... Hey, man, Tepori is cool, yeah. though. I, I got to yeah. say, Tepori is cool. I, did you see the... Was it the countdown? The, you know how they have the longer kind of preview? Yeah, I so, yeah, I did see the countdown. So, yeah, I, I watched the countdown probably... I'm not even going to lie, like a few hours before we started recording. And it was fucking great. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I watched one. I can't remember the last one I watched... I will say to to anybody who's new and coming into the sport, especially if you're about to watch a pay per view, I really recommend watching the embedded leading up to the up to the pay per view day. Watch the countdown because if you really want to learn a lot about the guys, their journey, and sometimes, especially if it's a, a guy like Tapuri who's coming up, you know these countdown shows really get to show you a lot about these guys' personal lives and kind of uh, where they come from. I learned a lot about Tapuri, a lot about Marab in, in this countdown, uh, a lot of things that I didn't know about that, you know. Uh, like Josh said, kind of there a minute ago, you know, I didn't know that Ilya had actually, for one, I didn't know he was, I think I might have heard it previously, but I didn't know he was born in Germany originally, but that his family migrated to, to Spain, you know, and then on, uh, on top of that, they're Georgian. So they, they were Georgian migrants who were in Germany, and then they had Ilya there, and then from Germany, they moved to Spain, and then, you know, Ilya has lived there since, and, uh, you know, really embraced the Spanish culture. Um and on top of that, I uh, I didn't I think I might have said it I, I can't remember, but I didn't know Ilya started off uh, doing Greco. I didn't know his background originally was in Greco Roman wrestling, you know, uh, and kind of that was his first foundation. And then from there, you know, he went on to get his black belt jiu jitsu and and develop his striking and go on to the point he's at now. Uh, and then Marab's story too, what they shared a little bit. He he was he was also very fascinating to me and kind of his journey. Uh, I mean, look, the overall, what I want to say is the countdown is just a great place to to watch. And learn a lot about these guys' backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, the like the uh, the UC countdowns. I still think it's probably the best, well-produced thing that they do. Like <laughs> straight up. 
Might be better the embedded. I mean, the embeds are great because right because the embeds are kind of following them within the week, so they can only they can only be so good, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've always thought the countdown show is great, and it's the countdown show, man. Not to not to kind of jump forward to a fight we're about to preview, but man, fucking Zudo firing his coach, but then not really firing him. Well, that's still up in the air. Marab's Marab has been posting pictures with him all no, week. No, 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 no. Then 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 Zudo finally posted one like y'all motherfuckers thought. I think he actually just like that was today. Oh yesterday. well, yeah. In that case, then never mind. Yeah, I think you said we we started this and so we're ending this together, or something like that. I can't remember something along the lines of that. But dude, I will say they made Taporia look really good in the like they really built him up really well in that. Was another thing I was trying to say, dude. He looked, I mean, he was. I gotta say, man, the guy was icy. I saw that. By the way, this guy's like balling now too. Like I saw he. Pulled out of his fucking parker garage in an Ashton Martin. Like, I was like, damn, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Respect. Uh, that guy can fucking talk. Okay, I'll tell you what, he could definitely sell a fight. He really can, dude. I mean, he's a dude, he's going to be a fucking star if he wins, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's going to blow up. And, and, like, and like we both said, it could, it could very well happen. But I just I think what's going to get it done. But no. I'll, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you pull us forward, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm on the same page. That's all I got to say. I think Wolf's going to get the job done. Uh, I would not be surprised at all, though, if uh, Taporia pulls it off. That being said, we do got to move on because, like I said, bangers all around. You see 298, co-main event, ranked middleweight here, Robert the Reaper Whitaker. Been out of action since his knockout loss to Drikas Duplessis last July, where he was a massive favorite, and I think we kind of, you know, in hindsight, a lot of people were like, damn, dude, fucking Drikas got caught. And now it's like, oh, okay, shit. Like, that's just how good Drikas is. Going to step back in here, taking on Polo Costa, Boacinha. Uh, I mean, the eraser. Yeah, weird UC run, though, man. Uh, started off 13-0. We know the story. Fought Yoel. Got the title shot. And just Izzy put on, I still think, I mean, Roy Jones-esque, I remember thinking, coming out of that fight, man. Just, like, in and out. Could, didn't get hit. Did whatever he wanted to, knocked him out. Then Paulo came back, lost to Vittori where he just refused to cut weight. Then he came back, fought an ancient Luke Rockhold. And uh, a weirdly fun fight? Yeah, it was a really fun fight, but you think, you know, as a guy in your prime, you should be able to beat a 127-year-old Luke Rockhold better than that. So he's (laughs) in a bit of a weird spot here. What do you make about this fight, man? Dude, Paulo is like, he has all the fit, like, Physically, the guy's there, right? And he has capabilities in, in, in the fight game, right? He has a good chin. He has power. He could, I'm sure he could, if he ch- develops his wrestling and takedowns more, he could definitely blast some people through the ground, right? Yeah. But at the same time, though, I'm like, there's still, he's definitely not a, I don't think he's a final product, but at the same time, Paulo Costa might just be just Paulo Costa. Like, what we have now is what we're going to have till the end of his career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, the kind of unfocus, and I, I mentioned this, it, it, it kind of, in a very different way, Josh, the unfocusedness reminds me a little bit of Kevin Holland, except even then, Kevin Holland has still been significantly more active than Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. But granted, the, 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 the lack of focus falls in two different places for those guys. I'm not going to say it's exactly the same. It's not definitely not a mirror. Uh, and also, he's been out of action for a little bit. And look, I, 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 I'll admit it. You know, I think Paulo is definitely capable of coming in here and putting on a stellar performance against Robert Whitaker. Uh, you know, Robert can't be caught. He can't be hurt. You know, he has been dropped. You know, and and it's been talked about what uh, 
you know, there is a, I wouldn't say there's a, uh, a clan plan laid out, but there's stuff out there. There's information out there. He has a lot of fights. There's a lot of tape to watch on him. Uh, but I think if Robert Whitaker comes in here and he's still the Robert Whitaker we know and the chin is not gone, I have full faith in Robert Whitaker to beat Apollo Costa, who's been out of, been out of action for over a year. I mean, we're going on what? Close to a year and a half? Yeah. Something like that? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, compared to Robert Whitaker, who's been active, been training, isn't that far removed from a split decision against Israel Adesanya, you know? Come on, guys. Let's, you know, let's not be unrealistic. <laughs> And I don't think people are – I don't think there's necessarily a lot of Paulo – I'm not going to say believers, but I don't think there's a lot of people picking Paulo in this one either, you know? But mm-hmm. I think it could be a banger of a fight, though. I certainly believe that. I, I, I mean, Josh, I'm not going to lie. I will be very heartbroken if Bobby Knuckles just gets bombed by Paulo Costa. I'll admit it. Yeah. I mean, I like – dude, I love me – I like both of these guys, honestly. I'm going to be straight up. Uh, but oh, I've no, also uh, been – Same boat. Same boat. Yeah, but dude, Robert Whitaker, it just—it felt like he never got his due, man. I obviously, we—he's like the Rich Franklin of his generation. I mean, Oof. we need to go through all—we need to go through all of it, you know. But and obviously, I think way better resume than Rich too. Like, beat he the motherfucker beat Yoel Romero twice in title fights, a prime Yoel too, not like Bellator Yoel or near the end. You know what I mean, like. Um, yeah, man, I feel like Whitaker's never really gotten this deal. I'll be sad if he loses. And honestly, I think this is a fight. I'm going to pick him to win. Could Paul Costa bomb him out of there? 100%. Just stylistically, dude, if there's, if you're Paulo Costa, this is the fight you probably want, dude. A guy that is going to march forward. He, you know, he is hittable. He's historically had a great chin, but who knows if that's gotten a crack, dude. I mean, he's taken a lot of damage and he got finished by Drikas last time out, so... Um, I'm going to take Whitaker for the win. Not would not be surprised at all if the Brazilian pulls it off. Dude, I'm not um, gonna lie. Drikas versus Paulo Costa sounds like an all-time banger. <laughs> dude, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not I wrong. That's, I yeah. I think I just soiled myself, dude. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's going to be a banger if if he can get through this one. Who knows? Who knows? Fucking give him a title shot, right? <laughs> I mean, two wins in a row. It would. I mean, you you could do a lot worse. It's not like 185 has a crazy dude, winning list you, right you, now. You're telling me Dana wouldn't, dude, I can see it, dude. I already see it. Uh, UC 298 post fight press conference gonna announce <laughs> Fuck, dude. Alright, guys, so the bonuses are blank, 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 and late. Also, Paula Costa will be taking on Drikas Duplessis yeah, at UC 300. Any questions? <laughs> it's happening, dude. It's gonna happen, bro. It's gonna happen. Uh, Dana, what are your thoughts? Why, why do you think Paula had the services fight? Well, he just beat Luke Rockwell, former champ, legend. And just uh, blew out Robert Whitaker out of the water. I mean, what else do you need? You know, man? this kid, this kid's just great. I mean, this, <laughs> you know, um, this kid, you know, what's, what's his name? Uh, yeah, this kid is just a great fighter, man. Like, just, uh, <laughs> it does sound like Dana. Just nailed my Dana impression. Uh, anyways, though. Yeah, I think we should go and move on. Cause man, in my opinion, this is, this might be my most anticipated fight of the card. Getting straight up, dude. Um, outside of Volcaporia, obviously. Um, Jeff Neal and Ian Machado Gary. You know, Ian, Ian Gary has become MMA's one of their most hated men through a variety of reasons. And there's a guy that has a legitimate beef with him that has nothing to do with, like, his wife or whatever. It's Jeff Neal. Uh, Jeff Neal coming off the loss of Shavkat Rachmanov last March. Prior to that, he won two in a row. A very entertaining guy. Uh, he famously got arrested for a DUI in late 2021. And uh, Ian Gary, whenever they were previously scheduled to fight, had a T-shirt. Um... 
you know, with a uh, his mug shut on it. He was mocking him for his DUI. And now the roles are kind of reversed here uh, now that they're booked again. And Ian Gary's one of uh, MMA's most hated men. Uh, what do you make of this fight, bro? I mean, look, I, I think for me, the the big thing is if Ian's able to recreate some of the stuff that other guys have done in their previous fights against Jeff, I don't see a lot of trouble. And I think he could do that. I think if he fights long, kind of like Wonderboy did in, in their fight back in 20, what would that have been, like 2020? I can't, or 2021, I can't remember. It's been some while now. But if he could, if he could do that, which we know that when Ian Gary gets that strike going, man, and he's, and he's pulling and feeling himself, I think he's more than capable of doing that. Uh, but look, if Jeff Neal comes in there, closes the space, doesn't let, uh, Ian breathe and doesn't let Alam to have those opportunities and uh, is able to get him maybe in the clinch and not let Ian get in those clinch situations or, uh, and, and, and let Ian get comfortable at range, I think Jeff Neal could definitely find, uh, find a way to win this fight, especially because it's three rounds. But I think if, if Ian, get, Ian Gary is able to establish himself early in that first round and continue that across the rest of the fight, I think I could easily see an Ian Gary victory. So I think I'm going to go with Ian Gary in this one. Yeah, same thing for me. I think Jeff Neal is going to compete with him. I think he's going to keep it close, but I'm still going to roll with uh, Ian Gary to get the job done. Um, say what you will about the guy personally, um, but he is a very good fighter. And he's another guy that he's 26, I believe, and he's only getting better. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing, man. He's only getting better. And that's he is in so, the lab, bro. He's always in the lab. You saw him down there in yeah. Brazil not too long ago. Yeah, he's training everywhere. Now, granted, that's partially because of the fact that he got kicked out of his gym for the whole uh, De Luque thing. Um, but, I mean, he could have gone anywhere, though, Josh. He could have. He's, yeah. he's down in Brazil training with Oliveira, down there with that – I mean, it's a huge team of guys. It's a bunch of Brazilians. You know, they're not all – Olivera level, you know what I mean? They're not all fighting at, in, in the PFL, Bellator's, and UFC of the world. These guys are, are trying to come up. Like, that's very respectable of him, you know? Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, nonetheless, I do. I am going to go ahead and uh, take Ian Machado Gary to get the job done. I do think he's very talented. Like I said, you may not have to like the guy personally, but as a fighter, damn. Like, he's very good, and he's only getting better. So I'm going to go ahead and take him to pull off the win here. Although, Jeff Neal, dude. That fight with Shabkat, where he was he was competitive with him, man. Like he's the only guy to really test Shabkat. So, you know, it, it, maybe he could pull off the upset here. I wouldn't really be surprised with you. So, we'll see though. Um, next up on the the main card, this is a must win for Henry Cejudo. Uh, Triple C has admitted that with a loss here, he may be done uh, in return to retirement. Um, and obviously, we know the story here. He came out of retirement. The fight Aljo Sterling uh, came up short, you know, um, and now he's back taking on his teammate Marab Dvalishvili. We know the story here. Um, should have gotten a title shot, in my opinion, after he just demolished Peter Yan last year, 50-40 Fordham. Um, what do you make of this fight, though, man? Winner here has to be in line for a title shot. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like you said there, Henry, Henry is, it's, it's definitely a must-win. And, uh, he, you, I think you, what'd you say there? You said he might retire or might consider. I don't even think it's a might, Josh. I think yeah, he, he said, will. yeah, he said straight up that if he loses this one, it's over. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said there, if he loses, I think it's definitely done for Henry. I think he'll step away from the sport, which look, that's, it's perfectly fine. Um, oh, so one, one of the biggest what ifs, you know, if he would have stuck around, um, like we got a, a 37 year old Henry Cejudo here fighting a, a 33-year-old young Georgian who is relentless. You know, look, Henry, could Henry get it done? Uh, he could. It's three rounds. It's not five. I think it was five. I think I, I pretty favorably heavy Marab. 
And, and three, I think Henry could definitely do some stuff. I mean, you know, Marab is definitely not an immortal. You know, we've, we've seen him have his moments. Even on that Marlon Moraes fight, man, he got tagged pretty early on in that. And granted, that's Marlon Moraes, though. He came on hot. But at the time, how Marlon Moraes was looking, you would have thought that, uh, that was, that, uh, he was just going to take care of business with no trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but look, I, I mean, for me, I, I think it's Marab Dabashili. I mean, it's his moment. He's the younger guy. You know, he, he's relentless. He's nonstop. He's going to come forward and, and look, Henry, Henry's obviously a talented wrestler. We know he's capable of gold medalist. But, I mean, he's, he's at a later stage career, a later stage of his career. He's dealt with injuries now. He, you know, he has stepped away from the sport at one point. I mean, if this is a different period, a different moment in time, I think I, I, I definitely see Henry winning this fight. But right now, I think Marab is just going to present a lot of trouble to Henry. And, uh, I think Henry's age will show in this. Yeah, I mean, I hate to keep on uh, picking the same people as you, but I do think this is kind of a uh, a relatively easy card to pick. Uh, I'm on the same page. I'm gonna go ahead and take Marab, dude. I think we. I mean, basically, for everything you just said, I mean, I really like Cejudo, man. I would hate to see him go out like this, but at the same time, he has, uh, you know. One fight in the last four years, which was a loss. He looked much slower against Aljo. I mean, I this is what I said before the Aljo fight. I was like, you know, if if Henry Cejudo is what he is when he left, he should win this fight. If he's not, he's going to lose it. And he lost it pretty cleanly. He looked much slower. He looked like maybe his punching power wasn't all the way there. You know, like it looked like just a lesser version of the guy that we've come to know. And I don't really think that's going to change now against another guy that's just going to bring the pressure to him. Maybe Cejudo. I'm sure Cejudo's going to win around. I think he'll have moments. But I think, man, Marab is relentless for the entire time, and I'm going to go and take him to get the win. So, anyways, opening up the main card, dude. This is one a middleweight fight. Originally, I believe it was supposed to be, uh, who was it, Ikram Asalikarov, I believe, in this one. So um, sad, that fight that ended up happening. <laughs> I know. He was replaced by Roman Kopilov. Um you know, good replacement. I mean, 12 and 2, four wins in a row, coming by way of a knockout, taking on Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Man, Fluffy, just one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, in my opinion. I mean, every time, every time you know that he's fighting, it's like, it's musty television. Four wins in a row, three coming by way of finish. Uh, the one fight which did not a finish was a fight with Josh Frum, which, I remember, which, if I remember correctly, was an absolute banger, too. Um, so yeah, man, opening up the main card, they put these guys in the right spot. What do you make of it? I mean, for me, Josh, Roman Kopilov, he just came on at the right time because he had a rough start in his UFC career. Two losses early on. He was trying to, I don't, I don't know, maybe maybe there was a lot of pressure, maybe finding some discomfort in, in, in the UFC. But ever since he finished Alessio de Chiro back in 2022, it has been all finishes from there. And I think he's going to do it again, man. I think he's going to replicate this again, again against Fluffy Hernandez. I mean, if Fluffy's able to get to fight to the ground, find us and, and find the submissions he has been finding, I could definitely see him doing it. But there's just something about this Russian kid that I'm just going to like, there's something a little special here. I know you got a little something. I don't know if it's, I'm not necessarily thinking championship level. He's not get, I'm not getting like necessarily like Armin Saryukin vibes or Elite Sephora vibes or anything like that yet. But I definitely think like Roman Coppola potentially could be a, a good ring fighter at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necess- I don't disagree with you. Um, I think Roman's very good, very entertaining. That being said, I'm gonna go and take Fluffy Hernandez to uh, get the job here, man. Um, 
I don't like the fact that Roman's coming in here on a bit of short notice. I think Fluffy's a more well-rounded guy. But, dude, that being said, I could easily see Roman getting him out of here, too. This is why this fight is so fun. Both these guys, very entertaining. Both going to swing for the fences and, uh, you know, put on a fucking banger, kick off the card, man. So it's a, it's a very exciting fight. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy they gave these two these opportunity, man. I mean, I'm happy they went ahead and gave uh, Fluffy Hernandez. I thought whenever Ikram got pulled, they were probably going to bump him down and maybe bring up, you know, Limos Dern. That was not the case. So happy to see these guys getting that shot. Um, speaking of Limos and Dern, uh, in terms of regards to this undercard, man, uh, what fight do you most want to highlight? I mean, for me, dude, it has to be the rising Japanese fighter, Rinya Nakamura. I know he's, he's taking on Carlos Vera, who we saw in the Ultimate Fighter. An older guy, a vet, been competing for a little while now. Things didn't, you know, things didn't go his way like he thought he were on the Ultimate Fighter against Brad Katona. Ended up going out in the first first fight in the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, but look, he he's been around the game for a while. Has a decent amount of AMI fights. When he's eight and zero, you know, hasn't hasn't been. He's only been fighting since twenty twenty one. You know, some you could have some trouble presenting in this. But look, he's he's looking like a good rising talent. If he continues here, I mean, that's 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 big for Rinya, man. Uh, I know I know Carlos Vera is necessarily you know near is not anywhere near Rinya's age and is you know nothing nowhere near the rankings. But he's still a guy that's been around, so it'd still be a respectable win for a guy who hasn't been in the sport that long. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, happy to see him uh, coming back here, man. Um, you know, also on the undercard, some of the fights I personally want to highlight. I just mentioned them. Limos and Dern. You love to see two Brazilians going at it. Um, Brazilian on Brazilian violence. You Brazilian know on Brazilian violence. I mean, I, jokes aside, Mackenzie Dern is Brazilian. I just want to make that clear. I know that a lot of people like to dunk on her for the accent thing, which is very funny. <laughs> but she she her her dad's literally fucking naked on dude, so it's like she's uh she is she is Brazilian man, so you know, shout out shout out that fight. That one should be a banger, man. Very excited to see that fight. Um uh, Marcus Rosario de Lima taking on just on top of the big boys, gonna gonna slug it out, should be a lot of fun. Uh Josh Quinn Lynn back against Danny Barlow should be a lot of fun. Uh Josh Quinn Lynn, uh Queen Lun, I I I I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. Gotta support all the Joshes out there. Um he he came in, beat the shit out of Jason Wade, uh had a loss to Trey Waters. But I still think he's a very uh I think he's a good dude. Both these guys young. Uh only one loss between them. Uh that's my that's my prospect fight of the card. Um and then I also got a shout out I got a shout out every single time. Miranda Maverick, Missouri's finest, uh twenty six years young, won three of her last four taking on Andrea KGB Lee. This is kind of uh, her biggest, I don't want to say her biggest test. You know, she obviously fought uh, Blanchfield whenever they were prospects. But w- one of the biggest tests of her career, man, uh, Andrea KGB Lee, we know the story there, a longtime contender, now 35 years old. We'll see if she can go ahead and uh, keep it rolling, but she has lost three in a row. So uh, very excited for the return of Miranda Maverick on Saturday as well. But uh, anyways, man, any any closing thoughts on this one? No man, I, I think we highlighted very well. I mean, there's a, there's a letter, there's maybe like a few other people in there. Uh, Justin Toffa, uh, Marcos Rogero de Lima. I know it's not the, it is prelims heavyweight fight, but it, look, man, it's heavyweight. You know, you know there might be a knockout in there. You know you're gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's a fun card, man. It's a very fun card. 
Um, love to see half of the UFC's back, man. And uh, with these cards, man, whenever like, I bitch about the FX for like 15 minutes, but whenever they have these cards like this one, it's just like, man, it may it may remind you why you fall in love with the sport, bro. By the way, I just found I just had a really how old do you think Marcus Rogerio Lima is? I'm gonna guess he's like uh, he's been around for like a deceptively long time. I'm gonna guess like 37. He's 38. You were almost right on the money, dude. I did not know that. Well, Rogerio de Lima's been around almost as long as I've been watching. I want to say he debuted in, like, 2012 or some shit, so... 2014, almost been fighting Brazil Season 3, to be exact. No, oh, there we go. There we go. So I'm, I'm he just did, And he that. did fight in Strike Force once in 2011 yeah. against one Mike Kyle. Mike? My, the Mike Kyle? The fucking Mike Kyle, Josh. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a minute, dude. You know what just fucked me up? That was a, that, that fight was on the, on the Heavyweight Grand Prix... That was that was Caratino versus Barnett. DC fought Bigfoot. Damn. When, when when DC came in to fill in after Bigfoot, I can't even remember who beat who beat did who did he beat after that? Who did Bigfoot beat? Who did Bigfoot Bigfoot beat Fedor to get there? That's who he beat. Yeah, that's what I wanted. An old old ass Fedor. Yeah. No, actually, Fedor wasn't that old, but you know, massive size difference. <laughs> yeah. I remember that fight pretty well, man. Fedor had a really good first round, and then fucking he got trapped on the bottom of a literal giant. So that that's a crazy card, by the way, because that card also had Luke beating Jockray for the belt. Damn. Yeah, little history there for everybody. Yoel in this card too, by the way. That's when you the only time Yoel's been knocked out. Damn. Amanda Nunes finished by Alexis Davidson. That card has some history to it, man. It does, yeah. Mike Kyle was originally supposed to fight Gegard. Like, what the fuck? Shout out Mike Kyle, dude. Shout out, shout out that, uh, you know, that, the time he bit Wes Sims. That was really funny, right? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that was one of the first, I remember I was like, just, I was just going through old UFC cards and, and fucking Wes Sims doing the interview. He's like, he's, he fucking bit me. Like, just like fucking, the fuck? <laughs> like, Pull, pull the good old Mike Tyson in there, you know. And and I think yeah, I think he lost the fight too. I think if I remember correctly, he like bit him. In, he Mike Kyle like bit him in the clinch, and then he knocked him out like a minute later. Imagine fucking Demonic, It's like if Holyfield got knocked out before fucking the ref noticed. Jesus Christ! But uh, anyways, bro. Anyways, um, I think we should go ahead and keep it uh, keep it moving, man. This card very fun one. We do got a bunch of news to go ahead and go over before we go and bounce out of here, bro. Um. Got a couple of fight announcements, man. Um, we'll go ahead and kick it off with boxing. Canelo Alvarez, fresh off a win over Jermel Charlo in September. He will be returning May 4th in Las Vegas to take on Jermel Charlo. The hitman obviously returned to the ring in November after three years off to uh, defeat Jose Benavides Jr. Um, Canelo, man, he's trying to whoop the whole family. What do you make about this fight announcement? Fuck it. I'm down. I love it. I mean, look, as long as Canelo's always fighting names, I'll always be there. You know what I mean? Mm. Unless there's a specific one that I'm watching. Look, arguably it should be uh, people want David Benavides, but I'm not yeah. I'm not against this fight. This fight is still good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on top of that, like, is as as much as it might trigger some people, Canelo doesn't have to fight Benavides right now. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And here's it. If we really want to bring it down, I, I, I mean, you know what I mean? No, I agree with you. I actually agree with you a lot. Here's the thing, man, and I, I, I think it's kind of hard for people to, to think about, but Canelo is in that space of his career 
where he doesn't have to box anymore. He's a, he's 34, I want to say. Um, and, you know, he's coming off the loss to, to B-Vol back in 2022. And I feel like that one probably made him reevaluate things, if I had to guess. I mean, he's faced three guys now. Golovkin, who's, you know, old as shit. Yeah, who hasn't fought since. He's definitely retired. Uh, <laughs> wish he wasn't, but it is what it is. Um, obviously, John Ryder, who's now also retired, funnily enough. Uh, and then, you know, Jermel Charlo, who's coming up, who's coming up from two weight classes. So, um, he's in the space of his career where he's making a lot of money, and I think he probably doesn't want to have to take the risk unless he has to. And the reality is, I will love that David Benavidez fight. I think that's the greatest fight boxing can make right now. Period. Like, I think stylistically, that's going to be an excellent fight whenever they do make it. But look, dude, David Benavidez, he hasn't faced a whole lot of guys at the top level either. I mean, he beat, uh, he beat uh, David Lemieux, I think, who, you know, uh, old as shit. Uh, he beat Caleb Plant. Uh, very fun fight. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm fine if we want to keep on building that one. Admittedly, I was kind of hoping for Crawford here. I mean, I've heard that they're still in talks for Canelo and Crawford for September. They get some massive money. Both of these guys can get, I'm not even going to say, life, career-defining, changing money from that fight. Yeah. So on some Floyd shit, if I'm being honest, some Floyd – I mean, maybe not Floyd Manny, but not very far from it, you know. No, no, you're you're completely correct, dude. I think that, uh, damn, dude. I mean, Canelo Crawford, that would be a huge fight. And if they build it, like, let's say, like for example, because they still got, I think they still have to do that Spence uh, rematch. Um, although I'm not really sure if the uh, the time frames ran out because I know Spence got surgeries, and who knows if he'll fight again. So there's kind of some questions about that. But let's say, like hypothetically, like you know, Canelo beats Charlo, and then you know. Crawford faces fucking Spence maybe a month later. They both get big wins just to build a fight up even more. Like, that'd be, it'd be huge, dude. Like, so yeah, I mean, selfishly, um, I was hoping for Crawford and, or Benavidez. Didn't get either one, but we're, I mean, we're still probably going to get both of those fight within, fights within the next year or so. So it's like, hard to be mad at it, really. So, it's kind of my thoughts on it. <clears throat> but, um, I think that's, I think that's all we kind of got for this one, man. Uh, should be a lot of fun. That being said, uh, we have an announcement of an announcement. Uh, <laughs> Dana White will be announcing the UFC 300 main event uh, about a, a day after this goes up, actually. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have UFC 298 going down on Saturday night and Sunday morning, pretty much. Uh, Dana White will be announcing UFC 300 main event in the post-fight press conference. You know... With that in mind, it's going to end up – I mean, I'm just going to ask you, what do you think it's going to wind up being? The fact that they're announcing it in the post-fight, like, scrum is, is not exactly a good sign, I would think. I mean, Josh. Can you see me now? Josh, shut kidding. the fuck up. I've been, I've, been go, I've, been, I've been campaigning for it, but you know, we pretty much know that's not going to happen now. I mean, look, I mean, I've been pretty, like – we knew it was more likely than not. We knew this for months out. Like we've known this for a while. It was could the most likely answer was probably gonna be Leon versus Bilal. Um At this point, the only other thing that they could just throw down is a guy from '85, Izzy X, someone, Turkey's X, someone. You know what I mean? Mm. No, I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, I don't know who it's gonna be. I mean, we very well may have, like you said, Drake is sent. Like Dana goes to the pro press conference. He's like, yo, uh. We're gonna have uh, Robert Whitaker versus Drinks uh, Two Plus D Two in the main event. Yeah, just like some shit like that. I could see that happening. 
Um, gun to my head right now, I would have to say Leon Bilal, too, will end up headlining. That's my could, guess. Could, could you see them if someone gets, like, a quick finish from the – well, I mean, I don't even know who they could do. I, I doubt they could get to pray to do a quick turnaround against anybody. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, you know, because I mean, I was gonna throw that out there, but even now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, who would that even be? Like, what are you, what are they gonna get? Volk versus, Volk versus Makachev three? You know what I mean? Like, I I, hmm. I, I don't even know. Like now that I'm thinking about that, I'm, Ian Gary versus Sean Strickland at eighty five. <laughs> you know, like I, now that I'm looking at it, no no one from here could possibly make a turnaround and make a big main event on that card. Yeah, unless. Henry what are you cooking, Alexander Volkanovski both win. Ooh. And then we finally get C4, baby. <laughs> That's creative. I wouldn't even... You know what? Fuck. Dana, what are you doing? <laughs> you, know, you know how much would have to go right, though? That's the only issue. Everything would have to go right. But you know what? I wouldn't even... You know, if they both win, I could see them doing that, though. I mean, if they didn't do that, I'd be DTF, honestly. Dana was like, okay, guys, uh, fuck it, the main event of UC 300 is, uh, Cejudo and Volk. They just signed the contracts in the back. It's a done deal. You know what, dude? Like, yeah, that's not a bad idea, though. That's not a bad, that's actually a good shout if they both end up winning, but that's a big I, if. I, I was telling you, Josh, UC's fucking around, dude. I, I laid out Kevin Lee's return fight. I laid out UC 300. I laid out, like, three possible UC 300 made events that were possible. I know, bro. I know. What are they doing, dude? Dana, get on it. <laughs> Um. Anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, more than likely, it's probably gonna end up being a. It's it's not gonna be what we want. It's not gonna be what a lot of people wanted, just because it's they have to like, dude. They're not gonna announce a Conor McGregor fight in the post by press conference that six hundred people are watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not gonna announce John Jones' return or can it, can, whatever it may be. Can you give me the most left field thing right now that is possible but won't happen that you could think of right now? Uh, the most left field thing. I mean. Man, I was really high on Brock for a minute there. I mean, I really thought it was going to wind up being Brock. If you want my my so okay, realistic prediction, I think uh, is is going to wind up being Leon and Bilal. If you want my off the wall prediction, like just some crazy shit, um, I think that, that's could, possible. That's possible. It can't and it cannot be possible. Just you know. Yeah, Tom Aspinall, Cyril gone. Jesus Christ, I hope not. Or Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis or something. something like a big name that like just, you know, is credible two, enough. If it was, if it's either of those two, I'd be so disappointed. Yeah, well, you know what? Oh, fuck you. What if they do like Aspinall really wants to find the three hundred? Maybe the maybe do Aspinall versus fucking Jan Vahovic coming up from light heavyweight or something. Like I don't know. Oh, that could be interesting. I, I, you know, I wouldn't have a big issue with that, but I don't think that's what they would do. Fuck, who could they do with Aspen? I mean, I, who, it, and gone? <laughs> <laughs> could you, could you imagine? I mean, that's not gonna happen, but God, he's literally fighting a month later. <laughs> or a month before or whatever, but, <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. Unless we're, unless John's been cucking us this whole time and it's actually John versus Tom, but I, I doubt it. Stipe? No, I'm scared. <laughs> well, that's the thing, dude. They offer I'm, Stipe. They I'm, offer I'm, I'm going to get shot, dude. If we were doing this show on air, people would hate us right now. <laughs> well, bro, they went ahead and uh, they, you know, they all they offered Stipe uh, the Tom Aspinall fight, and he said that he's going to wait for John. So that's not going to happen. Which, which makes sense, right? Like, I can't I can't fault Stipe for it. Granted, though, Stipe's been waiting for John for like four years. So. This is something that we talked about off air. 
But Stipe Miocic is still ranked in the heavyweight top five. He's he's ranked as of right now. He's ranked number four, and I get it. Stipe is an all time great, but Anthony Rumble Johnson has won a fight more recently than Stipe Miocic. We, Elias, Elias Theodore. Yes. Who has, who has sadly like, passed away from cancer. R.I.P. R.I.P. to the ring boy. Cancer. You know, an all time an all time fucking mensch. Just a great dude. But yeah, I mean that that was literally the case. I mean. Stipe Miocic has not won it, dude. The last time Stipe, oh, fuck, dude. Hold on, let me dude, let me look this up. Dude, no, not even 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 before you say that, dude. You know you know what's even more twisted? Just to give people an idea. Carla Esparza has been removed from the rankings, and I'm pretty sure it's because she's giving fucking birth. Yeah, correct. But even then, it's like Stipe's been out of action. How long? The last time Stipe Miocic fought was March of 2021. The last time he won a fight was August of 2020. The last time Stephen I was in fucking college. Like my the last time that dude, the last time Stephen Miocic won a fight, the Chiefs only had one Super Bowl ring. Like <laughs> now they got two more. Now they got two more. Like it's just it is crazy, dude. Crazy. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know who's gonna fight UC three hundred. Uh, you know, Dana called me up last week. I told him I was busy. You know, like just <laughs> I don't know who's who's it gonna be. But uh, we'll see, dude. We'll see. Um, next up. Man, um, I you know I don't know what to say about this one. Uh, Sean Strickland faced uh, Rumble streamer Sneeko in uh, the UC Apex last week, and uh, he he beat the dog shit out of him. Uh, the, the the videos of the sparring session quickly went viral. Uh, what did did what did you see of it? What'd you make of it, man? It looked like Sean just had to take some anger out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why he thought it'd be a good idea to, to spar. To, I don't know phrase. I don't know why Sneeko thought it'd be a good idea to spar with Sean I, fucking Strickland of I, all people. I guess he just wanted to feel something. And well, he, he felt did, it all right. He, he felt, felt he, it. He felt pain, bro. Yeah, and I can't believe that. Uh, you know, the the list of you know people knocked down by Sean Strickland. Israel Adesanya is on it. Sneeko is not on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So. I already know people are making. What do you? I, what was it? Sean gave him credit there. Sean's like, "You didn't drop sneak. Uh, you didn't. You know how Sean is." Yeah, yeah. Hey, you were. Fu- that was a fucking testament to your fucking toughness, man. You know, like just <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, mean, I saw afterwards that uh, Jake Paul and Bryce Hall uh called Weird out as fuck by the way that Bryce hopped in there cuz Bryce is not like actively competing like that No no but they both called him out so I think what if we just have Sean Strickland just like beat up all these influencers on the UC Apex so he could start a whole new video series you know just like <laughs> just just keep on lining him up and keep on knocking him down man I mean I'm down for it I mean he, Bryce Hall said he wants to do it Jake Paul said he wants to do it fuck it have have them both fight him back to back I still, I, I, did you see Sean's video about that? He's like, you know, I went to Hunter and I, I asked him if I could fight. You know, Jake, I mean, shit, he's like, you guys like Connor fight Floyd? And he's like, this is a significantly easier fight than that. I did, yeah. And, you know, obviously no surprise, they didn't let him do it. No, they don't let, it's, it's so funny. They don't, they've only let people do it twice. Twice throughout, uh, I mean, that, uh, that I know of. Maybe, maybe there's somebody I don't know. But. So just Chuck and, uh, which was oh. boxing. Well, the, was, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about boxing specifically, but if you're if you're including that, then yeah, Chuck going over to Pride, you know, that's an example too of cross promotion. But the time they let people out to box, it was 
Conor McGregor and Floyd, and Ben Askren and Jake Paul. Because <laughs> Ben was still under contract. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Technically, that's yeah. probably why Dana's like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> He's like, I What's thought. I thought yeah. He thought Ben was gonna. But come on, dude. Come on. People. Know, people really thought Ben had a chance. Come on. I know. I know. Anyway, so man, um, which would you rather see, uh, Sean versus Jake Paul or Bryce Hall? Jake versus Sean. Yeah. I think it, I think it'd actually be pretty entertaining. I think so too. But I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. Both both. I mean, you mentioned Bryce isn't really trained, but like, I mean, shit, dude. He he's put in the work. You know, he fought in BKFC. He won a fight. Apparently, he's gonna fight again at BKFC. So he's putting the work in. I mean, it's it's cool to see. You know, it, it's cool to see when guys take it seriously. But um, yeah, man, Sneeko's not one of those guys. So. Uh, well, Sneeko's yeah. like training boxing, but he's not like doing it at the level that some of these other. And he's just starting to. So yeah, there's a lot yeah. to do. He has a long way to go. You know, it'd be different if. Sneeko had been training boxing for four years. Maybe it could have been somewhat interesting. You know, maybe yeah. him and Sean could have played a little bit, but yeah. that, they, they, Sean played with Sneeko. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Sean fights a couple more of these guys. It'll be fun. Um, that being well, and by the way, I don't know why the fuck. Why would why would Sneeko turn down a fight against Mikey Musumeci and then like, yeah, I'm gonna go fight Sean Strickland. Like, did, did you did you see that uh, Diaz? Oh, Jesus. Diaz and Sean were, or not Diaz, but Diaz and Sneeko hung out. Oh, really? Yeah, they were hanging out this, this stream last night. He fucking asked the fucking, he's like, well, I forgot what he asked him. He's like, do you think he'd be Tyson Fury in a fight? He's like, in a real fight, yeah. In a, or, 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 he's like, in a real fight, yeah, I could beat Tyson Fury. Or He said like, he could beat all these people in a real fight, essentially. Uh, He's not wrong, probably. Uh, he asked about Mike and Musumeci, and he's like, yeah, I beat the shit out of Mike and Musumeci, too, I think. <laughs> and then he asked, uh, he asked, uh, Diaz said he, he could probably train Sneeko to fucking beat up Mikey. Oh, God. Hey, well, you know what? As long as we can get him, get Sneeko and Mikey together, I'm down. I'm down. But, uh, I, I think we should go ahead and move on. Spe- speaking of, you know, past or prime fighters. Hashtag save Bigfoot. Hashtag save save Bigfoot. It was successful last year. Antonio Bigfoot Silva retired from MMA last year after sustaining I don't even know how many losses in a row. Uh, both I mean across kickboxing, boxing, and MMA, it was in the double digits. Uh, all of which saw him get knocked out. Angel, you were a big proponent of the hashtag save Bigfoot campaign. I think we're I was leading bringing, it. Dude. I think I was like the lead campaigner. You know, you were the lead campaigner for hashtag save Bigfoot. We're bringing it back because. Bigfoot Silva has signed a deal to fight former UFC heavyweight Juan Espino on March 23rd. It'll be the latter's retirement fight. So Bigfoot's coming out of retirement. Juan Espino is now going into retirement. Um, thoughts? Jesus fucking Christ. Yep, that's it. Well, oh look, at least Juan Espino is not a knockout artist. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have knockouts on his resume. He did get knocked out on his resume. But he wasn't the guy who's like knocking people out. Another thing, heartbreaking. Juan Espino is like one of the biggest what ifs, right? If he if he kept fighting, I saw. I don't I don't know what happened after his uh, Vitaly Minikov loss. He didn't fight again until 2017, and uh, and even then he he didn't make it into the UFC until 2018 when he won tough, and uh, two years before he fought again in the UFC in 2020, and then COVID had occurred, so did get to miss out on a lot of potential what Juan Espino. Could have been. He was a very interesting guy. But looking past that, dude, why, why, why does Bigfoot do this to me? 
I don't know, man. He's doing it to you specifically. No, I mean. He's hurting. He's hurting me, you know. I know he is, man. He's hurting. All, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, I, I, I know now at this point in time, Bigfoot is, uh, self-destructing. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You know, I'm just gonna yeah. be honest. He's tried to be, he's tried to be stopped. Uh, yeah. he can't, apparently they can't stop. I don't know how we can't stop him. Uh, I don't know how his family can't stop him. But he's a just, he's a he's a six foot four man with giganticism, man. They're not going to stop him if he wants I, to do something. I, I know, I know, Josh, but this man has children. You know, he, know. he has a wife. Like I, I, dude, like I, I'm not even trying to be unrealistic. Like I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get really dark and brutally honest. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, go ahead. Not talking, dude. We're not really that far removed from seeing the headline: Bigfoot Silva has passed away. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. being serious. That, that's the point we're getting to. You know, we really are like that. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep it 100. You know, we, we, yeah. I, 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 I was nice last time. I do not want to see that. You know, I do not want to see a fighter die because they fought too long. Yeah. And and unfortunately, we're at a position now where you know he's just sustained so much fucking damage, and you know we're not really far away from that headline. And that's that's one of those things, man. Like there needs to be more protection for these guys, but like. I don't even know what they're supposed to do. I mean, everybody's told him to stop fighting. Like, he can't fight in the U.S. anymore because they won't clear him. Like, yeah. He, so he's fighting in these countries that don't have they're they're not equipped to stop him. They they don't stop Gosh. him from fighting. Like, this is the last guy he lost. Just to give you an idea, he lost by decision. Just in a but still. Yeah, and that dude looks like a fucking a grown baby. So it's yeah. like he looks like a bag of milk. It looks like a bag of milk. So yeah, it looks like it looks like the fucking Gerber Gerber baby fucking grew up, bro. What uh? Well, actually, that's more. Oh man, what was that guy's name? Um, wasn't Junior Albini? Remember that guy, the one that fought with like a diaper in the UFC? Like he would hike up his shorts and shit. Junior Albini. You don't remember that guy? Junior Albini, who I'm pretty sure went to jail for something. Really? Dude, I think Junior Albini ended up having some legal trouble. Sucks. That's it could crazy. be. I could be. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I might be thinking of a different fighter. I'm looking um, on there right now, and I can't find anything. That's a guy I thought had potential. Man, he knocked out Tim Johnson and lost four in a row. Got cut. Anyways, yeah, I think we should go ahead and move on. Just, uh, just disappointing to see Bigfoot though. Disappointing to see him back. I mean, um, this is the last thing. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Whenever these two were in discussions, it is now official. Ryan Garcia versus Devin Haney going down April 20th, 420 in Las Vegas. Who do you got, man? What do you make of this fight announcement? Fuck, man. Look, regardless of however Ryan's career ends, right, he found a way to get himself in these big-name fights, man. You got to give him credit about that. I mean, look, he got Tank. He got Devin Haney after just getting one win after after losing. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So... They they see that there's money here. They see that there's they could sell the fight, and obviously these guys have history. They do, yeah. They have history in the AMs. It's three three in the AMs. Granted, that was the AMs during the pros. Now Devin Taney's career has gone one way and found success. Ryan's has still found success, but hasn't gotten that championship level that he's wanted. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say Ryan's career hasn't gone well because it's, it's it's not over yet. You know what I mean? So and and it's still young. You know, and there's a lot of time, and he he hasn't taken a Life changing damage or anything like that. So there's still a lot left in, in the tank for Ryan and, and lot, a lot left in, in the tank for Devin as well. Um, no, dude, I'm excited. 
I, I love this shit. You know, I love that these young guys are getting in the mix. You know, I know I, I love that all these young fighters have have been competing. You know, and they're they're trying to face level high levels of competition. Like I like I said way back then, dude, the the, the Tank Davis, the Devin Haney's, the Telfima Lopez's, you know, all these guys that are are kind of around the same age. What they're doing in the sport is amazing, especially because not too long in this sport there was, and, and even now there's this issue of these guys just not being able to make these big fights happening, and now they're they're going down, dude. They're putting it mm-hmm. on the line. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, look, like you said, regardless of how uh, Ryan's career goes and how it ends and all that shit. The fact that he's the only guy who can, of the young guys, he's the only one that'll consistently try to make these big fights, that makes me a fan of him. Straight up. Like, you don't have to win all these fights. And I know some people, you know, and, and since he's lost the tank, people just shit on him. They're like, oh, this kid was never good. He's not that good. He's not the top level. I don't know. Like, you know, he had one loss. It is what it is. But the fact that he's going, he's right back at it. He beat a good guy in Oscar Duarte who had won like 11 in a row. Most of those coming by way of knockout. Um, last time out, like he's making big fights, making entertainment fights, and that's entertaining fights, and that's all you can ask for in the sport of boxing. So, no beef with him. I'm happy to see him back. And, By the uh, way, you saw he got into it with our our old friend. Who? Um, fuck, like I, you know, this is uh, Dylan Dennis. Oh, he got into it with Dylan Dennis. Yeah, dude. Well, Dylan, and Dylan was about to start unleashing on Twitter. He was about to go do the good old uh, Logan. Uh, Kind of the whole thing he did with Logan, you know, start pushing pictures of his of his girl. I don't know if you saw that. Well, Ryan Garcia doesn't have a girl now, so I mean, he kind of. But he he still posted. He was still posting her though. Well, I mean, yeah, um, I all I did see that they had they had messaged each other like, hey, let's have an MMA. I will fight. say he did take it down. Oh, okay. He did take it down. I'm I'm gonna start her now. He did take it down. Yeah. Anyways, man. I mean, I, I whatever. I don't really give a shit about Dylan Dance. Uh. Just gonna be honest about it, man. I just like I care about real fighters, you know. So, um, yeah. But anyways, man, that's all I got to say. I mean, and anything else you want to talk about before we go and bounce out of here? No, man. I mean, outside of uh, everything we just talked about, I'm just excited to come back next week, recap the pay per view. You guys know my whole bit. Yeah. Uh and look, the best recap shows when we and I admit it are always going to be the pay per view, man. So that. And that's what's going to be exciting. And next week's card is a, it's a, it's a card not in the Apex, see mm-hmm. Mexico. So we'll have a lot to talk about there. A lot of fighters to highlight. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. 100%, man. And, uh, looking forward to talking with you about it and looking forward to having you guys listen to us talk about it, man. We hit 1,360, uh, subs yesterday. We've gotten, I mean, I think math-wise, last week was the greatest week we've ever had for the pod, view-wise, I think. Um, really? Yeah, we got, tw- like, uh, 30,000 views in a week, and we got, like, 40 subscribers or something. Something just nutty. Um, 25, wow. excuse me. So, yeah. In the By the way, your rock week. meme was godlike. Yeah, you know what? I, I was really not expecting... That's the last video that blew up. It got 11,000 views. Uh, people liked it, and we got... We straight up got like 20 subscribers off of that video directly. I guess people appreciated the meme, and if you're somebody who found us from the meme, I appreciate you, you know, hanging around, man. So, yeah, I mean, that's all. That's all I got to say. Um, I'm uh, I'm at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore O one. Of course, I sound for all things relating to the show. Peace 
and butt grease. Mouth click. <laughs>